Heroes don't save lives for the glory, and often they don't even know they're being heroic. I do not consider myself as a hero. I did what I could do at this age and stage of my life. I'll speak with retired nephrologist Dr. Ashtash Gupta to learn why he became a living donor after a 40-year career treating kidney patients on the south side of Chicago. Welcome to The Journey Continues, a podcast committed to promoting kidney health and organ donation through powerful stories. I'm your host, Monica Fox, kidney transplant recipient and director of outreach and government relations for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. Today, my guest is Dr. Ashtash Gupta. Hi, Dr. Gupta. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Journey Continues podcast. Let's start out by telling me a little bit about your career. Thank you, Monica, for this conversation. After I finished my fellowship in nephrology at University of Chicago in 1978, I immediately joined the Nephrology Associates of Northern Illinois and went into practice right away with the group. For the next 40 years, I continued to work mostly on the south and southwest parts of the city of Chicago, and it was a long journey that I was fully satisfied with. Wow, Dr. Gupta, that's absolutely amazing that you spent basically a lifetime serving patients on the south and southwest side of Chicago in nephrology. What was the primary demographic of your patients that you saw there? These areas are mostly comprised of African-American population. So during my 40 years of practice, Mostly I dealt with a large percentage, almost 90% African-American population. That's interesting because we know that um, the statistics show that there is a high prevalence of kidney disease amongst um, multicultural populations. And so I applaud you for your commitment to providing good health care to those patients over 40 years. During your career, as you worked treating these patients, did you ever consider donating a kidney? During my work and practice and career, that idea never came to my mind. Yeah, so you're just you're just treating patients, you're doing your job as a doctor. So what eventually inspired you to become a living donor? You know, that's a very interesting question. And I myself took some time to really look into that, what really happened and what inspired me to do what I did. And then it all started sometimes in 2018. I retired from my practice in July 17 and became a board member at the Kidney Foundation of Illinois in January 18. Exactly on October 24th, 2018, I attended the NKF, National Kidney Foundation of Illinois annual dinner. And at that time, I saw the wonders of a live kidney donation. For the first time, I saw a donor and recipient at this stage together, two totally unknown persons with their emotional journey and relationship since then. And the same evening, I also learned that the mother of one of my invited guests, who herself is a nephrologist at County Hospital at that time, her mother had donated both of her kidneys when she passed away from an unexpected event. And these two events somehow planted the seed of a live kidney donation in my mind. So what eventually inspired you to become a living donor? After that, I went to India and came back on January 3rd, 19. And next day, January 4th, I read an article in the Chicago Tribune with a successful story of two patients 
who had received a triple transplant, heart, liver and kidney. And that gave me further inspiration. And lastly, I will say that later on in January, I thought of donating my blood. I called a life source center and they refused me because I had re recently visited India and they wanted one year and one plus day after my visit. So I thought if I cannot donate blood, let me donate my kidney. And then several friends and acquaintances that I had known who had received kidney transplants, their life, their quality of life came in front of my eyes. And all these things really inspired me to get into this kidney donation. So this is not something you entered into lightly, Dr. Gupta. You did research yourself. Then you approached your family and got their blessing, got them to understand your decision and uh, support it. And then you even sought the blessing of your spiritual advisors. So you were very thoughtful in this whole process. That is correct. When I decided that I don't need two kidneys, let one kidney go to somewhere else where it can do a better job. And in this process, while doing this, did you have a patient in mind that you wanted to save? Did you know someone? No. I had no family members, any friend, or any particular patient in mind at that time. I just said to myself, let my kidney go to anyone who will be appropriate recipient and get it. Did you realize at this time, did you think to yourself that I am walking the path to be a hero and save a life? Did that occur to you? I knew that it could save the life of a person who is on dialysis and give her little more better quality and quantity of life. But did I consider myself as a hero? Absolutely no. I never thought on those lines. My only purpose was to just let me qualify and give my kidney to someone. Well, Dr. Gupta, as a person who spent three years on dialysis and eventually received the gift of a deceased donor transplant, kidney transplant, I want to say to you, you are a hero and I'm grateful to you for the gift that you gave. Now tell me, have you met your kidney recipient? I had no idea whom the kidney will go to. During my investigation, one of my nephrologist friend at Loyola Hospital mentioned to me that he is a dialysis patient on peritoneal dialysis and she needs a kidney. She is on the transplant list at Loyola. I had picked up Loyola Hospital to go for the whole process. So when I heard from this doctor friend of mine at Loyola, I said, I have no problem. That person had a B positive blood group, which is rare in US, but very common amongst Indian population. And he said that she is B positive. And if you are B positive, would you be willing to have your kidney go to this person? I had never known or met this lady. I said, doctor, I have no problem. Let the kidney go to anyone for that matter. And if she is an appropriate candidate, that's perfectly fine with me. And with a stroke of luck, I was be positive. And eventually during the investigations, when the investigations are all done, the surgeon went over the list and she was the one who was picked up. After the procedure was done, some of her family members did come to my 
hospital room, visited me, and we had a small talk. But after this procedure, maybe I, I think about after about one month, her family and two of us went for a lunch, and we had a good discussion. We met each other, and we were ha- very happy. They were very happy to have that interaction. Well, I can just imagine what that meeting was like. Um, the fact that you had given their loved one, their mother, their their sister, their aunt, their grandmother, a second chance at life and freedom that she didn't have while she was on dialysis. And that, again, being a transplant recipient, that gratitude is difficult to express in words. What ways did they express their gratitude to you during that meeting? Certainly, I can tell you that the recipient, her family, her children, who all came to the dinner, to the lunch, they were very happy. We had a good cordial talk. And after the lunch, when we were about to depart, I could see the tears in their eyes. Tears of gratitude. Tears of pure thankfulness that you were a hero and you had saved the life of a person they loved so dearly. What a blessing. What an honor. So... How do you feel now, physically? Have you experienced any difficulties as a result of donating? You know, immediately after the procedure, I came home actually the next day, and I did very well. It took me about 10 weeks before I was perfectly fine. And after three months of procedure, I was physically active, doing everything, even playing golf after that. And now, one year after the procedure, I have absolutely no problem, no change in my lifestyle. That is wonderful. I am so happy to hear that. And I think it's so important for others to hear that, um, you know, we are born with two kidneys. And at National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, we educate people all the time that a healthy person can live with just one kidney and can live a really healthy life going forward. So I am so happy to hear that you are doing so well post-kidney transplant donation. And it's been over a year now. I understand that July 18th was your one-year anniversary of donating? That is correct. And so did you speak with your recipient on the first anniversary? Yes. She called me in the morning and we went over a little bit emotional journey. I'm sure she was very happy the first year is an amazing, amazing milestone to meet. And every year thereafter, I know that she will be grateful to you as she continues to enjoy her life and her family going forward. We kind of skipped over the part of the process that you went through to become a living donor. You don't just call up and say, I want to be a living donor, and they say, okay. There's an actual process that is required. Can you talk to us about that? Tell us about the living donor process. It's very thorough as as we know it. Yes. Um, Once I decided that I want to be a kidney donor, I decided to go to Loyola Hospital because this was very close and convenient to my place, about 20 minutes drive, good reputation, and and I personally knew some of the nephrologists there. So I called the transplant coordinator one day, exactly February 13th, and she told me, yes, we can do it. 
she asked me a few questions I answered and then she said that there was a transplant meeting on the same day and verbally she would put my case and see what the committee says. In the evening she called me back and said yes committee agreed and let us proceed with the evaluation. So Dr. Gupta this process started in February and you donated in July. So basically a six-month process, which was very intensive, uh, where they tested you thoroughly, medically and psychologically, and you passed all of that in order to be a donor. So I think it's important for people to hear that there is risk involved, but the process of testing a living donor is very thorough to make sure that a person is as healthy as can be and therefore at the most minuscule level of risk by donating because they never want to put one person at risk to save another. So I think it's just incredible that um, that six-month process, you endured it during that time That was, I'm sure, a lot of back and forth to the hospital. Did you ever think to yourself, why am I doing this? I don't even know anyone really who needs a kidney. There's no personal connection here. Did you ever think, why am I doing this? I should just give up. Let me say, to be very true, that thought never came to my mind, even for a second. I just went on and on, step by step, did all the tests, whatever came in. And in fact, towards the end, all the blood tests were repeated about two weeks prior to the procedure to make sure that they're still good. And they were all good except one hepatitis C antibody came slightly positive. It was repeated four times again. And I had to go four times. I said, no problem. (laughs) It was done and I got it done. And finally, it came back negative. And only two days prior to the fixed date for the procedure, I was cleared. Everything was okay. Never for a second I thought, why I'm doing this? Well, I just have to say that if we weren't in the middle of COVID right now and we, you and I were side by side, I would just have to give you a hug because this is absolutely incredible. You are an amazing hero. You stepped outside of yourself and did something that was just incredible. And I can just imagine how your recipient feels to have received this precious gift from you. As a nephrologist, I learned that I will do very well after donating a kidney. I still have one good functioning remaining kidney with me, which is good for next 15 to 20 years. I was always more concerned about the welfare and how it will work with the recipient. And fortunately, This did very well with the recipient as well. So part of the psychological exam, I know they ask you as um, a potential donor, how will you feel if it doesn't, if the kidney doesn't work for the recipient? How did you answer that question when they asked that of you? You know, it was a very interesting interview with the psychologist. It went almost like one and a half hours, asked me a lot of questions to make sure that the whole idea of donating a kidney is just not a knee-jerk reaction. So we went through a lot of questions, and one of the important questions was asked, how would you feel if the kidney does not work with the recipient? I thought about it, and my answer was, look, 
my role finishes after my kidney is taken out, I have decided to give a kidney and I don't want to worry about how it works with the recipient. I hope and wish that it will do well. And that also came from my knowledge of my own scripture, the book called Gita, where chapter 2, verse 47, which translates into saying that you do your best with the best intentions and don't worry about the results or the fruits. I follow that. And I said, I'm, my role is to donate a kidney under the best circumstances with the best intentions. I hope it will work well, but if it doesn't, it's not up to me. I have no control on that. Let it be as it does. That was my answer. Well, I think that is the perfect ending to this interview. You did your best with the best of intentions. The results so far have been fabulous. Your recipient is living a happy life and enjoying her second chance at life with her family. And you are a living, walking hero who I have seen and have the pleasure of knowing. So I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Gupta, for taking this time with us to share your story of, of living donation. And what can I say? Just thank you for being a hero. You are so humble and quiet in your way, but I'm just so happy to share this story uh, so the world can know what you've done because it's, it's wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Gupta. Thank you, Monica. I do not consider myself as a hero. I did what I could do at this age and stage of my life. This podcast will continue to share stories of selflessness, hope, and new life. Just remember, living donation is a wonderful life-saving option, but it's not for everyone. Transplant surgeons will not consider a living donor if removing a kidney would pose a risk to the donor's health. For more information on living donation, visit nkfi.org and click on the Patient and Families tab. I'm your host, Monica Fox. Prevention of kidney disease is our mission at NKFI. One key to prevention is good nutrition. That's why at the end of each episode, you'll hear a nutrition fact. Here's our foundation dietitian, Dr. Melissa Prest. Here is today's nutrition tip about phosphorus. Phosphorus is the second most abundant mineral in the human body. It is found in every cell, and its main role is in the creation of bones and teeth. It also plays an important role in how the body uses carbohydrates, fats, and protein for the growth, maintenance, and repair of cells and tissues. Phosphorus is involved in maintaining kidney function, muscle contractions, normal heartbeat, and nerve signaling. In our foods, phosphorus is found in protein-rich foods like dairy, whole grains, nuts or seeds, legumes, poultry, meat, fish, and seafood. People absorb anywhere from 30 to 60% of the phosphorus consumed in these foods. We also consume phosphorus as an additive in many different food products. Phosphorus additives can be used to make foods creamier, allow foods that wouldn't normally melt to melt, maintain the juiciness of meat, and prevent beverages from separating into individual ingredients. People absorb 90 to 100% of the phosphorus in foods that contain phosphorus additives. To know if a food product has a phosphorus additive, 
Read the ingredient list on the food label and look for PHOS. The more phosphorus additives listed on the label, the more phosphorus is in that food product. Most people are able to eat enough phosphorus to meet their daily needs. For people living with chronic kidney disease, your doctor may have instructed you to limit foods high in phosphorus. To do this, start by limiting the foods that are high in phosphorus additives and choose fresh, minimally processed foods as able. With today's nutrition tip, I'm Melissa Press, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and is sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen.